and we're back again on another edition of your Sports Memo podcast, brought to you from the series of ACL Sports. Uh, and of course, this has been our coverage of the FIFA Women's World Cup going down in Australia and New Zealand. Okay, well, uh, some uh, really interesting result that we found we got, you know, from the se- second round of matches that was played, particularly concerning the Falcons of Nigeria. What a game that was and what a victory it is. Uh, I mean, uh, to see Falcons, you know, also on the edge of making it out of that group into the round of 16. At the start of the tournament, not many people give us a chance. I mean, maybe myself, I also didn't give us a chance to make it out of that group. I thought maybe at best we get a third position, but hey, uh, look at how far we have come. What an impressive game. We're going to be looking into that and also talk about some other talking points from the second round of matches and what the groups are looking like heading into the last round and who might be facing who that's in the uh, knockout stages of the competition. It is your Sports Memo Podcast and I am Blessing for Wuwe and I'm hosting the show today and I've got some regular voices back on the pod. Uh, Shala is here, Dupan is back here and uh, we'll have some new new voices I'm going to be introducing as well uh, somewhere down the line on the show today. Okay, I... Dufan, it's great to have you here. Welcome back. And I wanted to start. I want us. I want us to start off talking about our prediction that we all made into a draft. And um, just like every one of us got it, got it wrong, right? As far as I'm concerned, my prediction was right because we won. That is the only regardless of the scoreline. Yes. Yes. Everybody that everybody that said we're not going to win, shame on all of you. Why are you scoring? <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I'm 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 taking my shape <laughs> on my head. So, so I, was anyway, I, I thought we were going to play. Yes, honestly, I thought we were going to play one or two. I didn't think that we were going to win that game. And well, kudos to all of you that went all out and you know, were so sure that we we're going to get victory. Shola, what was your Shola? prediction? Australia, Australia 2-1, yes. I think I remember. My prediction was 3-1 um, to Australia. Imagine, just imagine. <laughs> no, but you know, but you know, I've always said, everybody I've spoken to, I've always said that it's it's every prediction I make comes with a caveat that this is based on the fact that I do not think our coach will be brave enough to go for it. But like I've always said, the quality is there to take us through the team. But what is the coach going to do? Will he be conservative or will he be brave? And he was brave mm. on the day. Mm. So he really went for it. All right. Anyway, we'll get right into that and discuss. Okay. So I'll be introducing some new voices that we have on the podcast today, and of course, they'll be joining us to talk about all things FIFA Women's World Cup. Talk about Nigeria. We'll also, look at what uh, the teams and the groups are looking like now. Uh, heading into the last round of matches, so, uh, matches rather. So, um, Amara is here. Great to see you. Welcome. Oh, great to have you on the pod. Yeah. Um. Good afternoon, everybody. Um. First time being here. Listen the last time, and I enjoyed myself. Um. Mm. Happy you guys um, included me in this one. Okay, Amara, you weren't here when we were making our predictions, and I'm wondering if you were one of those who thought that we we're going to get my first trials. I didn't. Mm, okay, whitewash is too far. I probably thought we'd probably lose one zero or win one zero in between those two. In between, but not three one win. I never predicted that. Wait, I should say she must lie again. Three one. No, no. Anyway, uh, I also have us the pod. I also have Lucy joining us on the pod as well. This is great to have you. Welcome. Thank you. Great to be here. Okay, tell us, were you also predicting the Australia victory or Nigerian victory? Actually, I felt like it could go either way mm. because um, I know we have the talent in the Nigerian team, but Australia also have been doing so well in a couple of years and they had a great outing in 2019. But they are without some care. And I think Mary Fowler also picked up an injury right before um, in training for our match. So I just felt like it could have gone either way, and that's kind of what we saw, you know. I think we played very well, but I also think Nigeria, um, sorry, the Australians too, if we had slacked a bit, they could have also gotten the win, so yeah. Okay, all right, uh, that's Lucy, and of course, Asan is also joining us in the show. It's good to have you. Uh, Asan, are you there? 
Yeah, could have some um everybody. I hope you can all hear it. Okay, Hello? um I I can hear you, we can hear you. Welcome. Okay, thank you, Vanessa. All right, um, guys, let's just start off talking about the Falcons and the strategy that got us that uh, famous victory against Australia. I was doing some research and digging into the history, the head-to-head between both teams, and I uh, realized that the last time we played was in 2015, and that was in Canada, where Australia won two goals to nil. And I was going through the list of players that we that we had on our team and also on the Australian team. About nine or, or about six of those players that were on the Australian team were also part of the same team that we played against. But for us, I mean, there were very, very distinctive changes in our team. Precious Diddy was in goal for Nigeria against uh, Australia back in 2015. We've got a young uh, Chiamakan Nadozi also captain the squad here. Uh, we, we had uh, Evelyn Wabuku was captain of the Nigerian team back then in 2015. You know, all of this little, little uh, differences, but on in looking at uh, the way we kind of lined out against um, against Australia yesterday, I think that coming off the bench was it a bit of a, a tactical masterstroke from uh, Randy Wildham, or was this just you know uh, something that was necessitated just because of the injury, or something that you know he thought maybe he could have gone out, uh, you know, to to do? Um, I'm going to throw this question to Dufan to start. With. Okay, I mean, this this can be either way. I mean, I'm not in Randy's mind. But personally, I felt her coming from the bench was better because um, she coming from the bench would, you know, ginger the rest of the players and, you know, ginger their tired legs and people up front. Um, um, what's it called? Ajibade, you know, Ajibade and uh, as Oshola has like this... Will I say connection in the national team? So I think they tend to play well with each other. So she coming on from the bench and having that connection with Ajibade kind of like just made it like a chemical reaction, sort of like a love at first sight thing, if that existed. But that. <laughs> okay, um, okay, I've um, just been told. Okay, we have a join your roof here. Sorry, I have a sound on my screen. Sorry about that. But what do you make of the lineup uh, that Wardrobe put out yesterday against Australians? Okay, first and foremost, I would like to um, acknowledge um, what Randy Wardrobe has done so far. <laughs> Being one of some major critics since his appointment, so I never rated him anyways. I hope you can hear me. Yes, we can. But you can okay. be a little louder. Thank you. Okay, sorry. I, I said um, I never rated uh, Randy Wardrobe in any way, so I must give him that credit for um, surprising us so far. First and foremost, I was shocked and I was a bit surprised at what um, he put out against the Canadians. I wasn't really expecting it. That I think I was expecting the natural um, 4-3-3 or 4-4-2 formation, but it shocked us off with that revelation of the tournament so far. Right? In the midfield and Christy Padnari. Uh, Christy, Christy came with also with that tactics they came up with against the Canadians because he knew Ali Matuaini and Rashida Sajwari, some of two of his best players were not available. Um, so he was able to to maneuver his way against the Canadians and was also given that game. So against the Australians yesterday, um, somehow after seeing the first game, I was quite confident that we could get something against the Australians. After saying that, it on a few hours before the game. Yeah, one of their best players, Mirifala, was also out. But I was a bit wary of what our Kotnevai can also offer. But he was able to neutralize that with his, um, his tactics and formation. And of course, his starting lineup. I felt he got that right. I think if Asatoshwala started yesterday's game, I, I felt she would have been as useless as almost the former Onumono was yesterday. Because probably the tactics and formation wouldn't have favored her. Sorry. Okay, uh, useless. <laughs> I mean, I was just reacting to your words about her being useless if she had started that game. No, 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 not, enti- not, not entirely useless in that sense. I saw so many yeah. comments about her not not doing so well in that role. I, I think okay. Asato Shala would have almost had that same backlash if she had started yesterday's mm. game as well. So I, I, mm. I felt for me it was it was a good, it was he got the starting lineup right. 
they got the taxes okay. right, they got the conditions right. I've been quite impressed with what we've offered at the defense as well. I think a lot of credit must go to the man we have passed and everything. We thought we had nothing to offer related to work. I think they have shot um, so many of these places. I increased. Mm. So I think for me, it was a great mm. game yesterday and it was a great um, tactics and formation. Mm. It seems to me like uh, there's this general vibe around the around the world, you know, being like, you know, Nigerian journalists have called him Luga, Luga coach and, you know, without the experience and what have you. Uh, based on what we saw yesterday, some believe that he has improved the team. I don't know if that is uh, uh, that's an opinion that Lucy shares here with you know people. Do you think he has practically improved the Falcons team? I'm sorry, I can't say that he has entirely. Um, with you know, I, I I think he definitely brings something to the table. He's not like completely clueless or anything. I know people judge him so harshly. But um, we've had a great start to the tournament this year. But I think it's if we're going to praise anyone, we're going to split the praise between the players and then him. He has a great team. He has players who are playing in great teams, playing, competing in great leagues, and they are bringing that to the pitch. You can see everything. But obviously, there has to be someone driving them. So no matter what, even if it's just the words that he's saying to them, even if it's just you know, how he's telling them to play, at least he's doing something, you know, right. You know, in the lead up to the World Cup, we had this whole, there was some back and forth between him and some members of the um, Federation. And they were even saying that they are going to, you know, um, maybe our players would want to protest or whatever. There was just so much going on. Yes. <laughs> Deciding to the lead up but i think uh, at least he's uh, he's to be able to now get the points that we've gotten even in the midst of all that sort of chaos it's says something so i think he's bringing something i won't call him a master tactician because he has a very talented team but at least he's even if he's doing something clueless it's still bringing about the results that we actually <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah all about the results <laughs> Regardless of how it comes around, how it comes around, honestly, because that's what I mean. Once you get into the mental stages, that's what you need. Even if you play nonsense and you progress to the next round, that is what you need. As long as you progress, but really, we're playing well, or at least we played well against Canada. We played well against um, Australia. We have great players across board: goalkeeper, um, defense, midfield, attack. And there's some form of synergy at least. So I, I, I feel like you can just split the praise. We can praise him a little bit. And then mm. I think the players too will get a lot of praise yes. because they are just small. Just small so that it will not be too much. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking about splitting the praise, Shola, uh, the praise here, Shola, um, I, I saw I saw a comment from Fisayo about how, you know, when he was asked about how Alpha is thought the Falcons would go, and you know, he, he said nothing motivates an African player more than money. Is this where the praise is coming from for the Falcons, for the players? Well, um, like Lucia said, absolutely, you have to split the praise because, like I said at the beginning, we have quality players. Nobody is doing... I mean, I saw some people arguing the other day that... Um, arguing online the other day that Aziza doesn't deliver in national team colors and someone was like and a lot of people were like well that you can't compare the quality at barcelona to national team level yes you can't compare but at the same time the quality at national team level is not below par it's not even average it is above average so i mean we have the players. so what you just need is a coach to harness the quality and then you know find a tactics that maximizes everybody's strengths, find a system where you can get the best out of the players and get the results. So yes, like Lucia said, split the praise. Players have been absolutely brilliant, but Wild Rome, at least, has also been impressive on the strength of the game against Australia. Because I, I personally feel like he has been conservative. In the Can- Canada game, I feel like the team was too conservative. We could have 
dealt the blow. The opportunity was there, but then the bench was just there doing nothing. But then in this game against Australia, the in-game management was spot on. The changes came at the right time. Everything, the starting lineup, bringing Oshola, everything was spot on, and we got the result. So it's not so difficult, is it? Yeah, <laughs> maybe not exactly, but sometimes you meet some opposition oppositions that you know I give you a run for your money. And speaking of being sorry, conservative, sorry, can I come in? Uh, yes, so I just want to give a little response yes. to what um Shola said. I, okay. I think against the Canadians, he knew he didn't have his best legs. Uh, I'm talking about his best leg in terms of having um Alima Twaindi in the midfield and of course Rashida Zajibadi going forward. I think he just did. What he had to do, and of course, it's the first game of the tournament. You never know what the other team is bringing on board. You have to. The first game is all about seeing what your opponent can offer. Then I think the first twenty minutes were quite um, a bit reserved, we were a bit conservative in that um twenty. The first twenty minutes, after we saw that the Canadians were not going to offer offer much, of course, we eventually came out. And I think getting a point against the Canadians wasn't an entirely um about that. And, and of course, the Australians yesterday left for some coaches. Despite the fact that Asisa Toshwala had enough in training, some coaches will still have started um, Asisa Toshwala yesterday. But it took that um, that decision not to start it. And there was also something that happened during the course of the game against the Australians yesterday. Um, Kanu, um, Uchenna Kanu on the left and Rashida on the Ajibadi on the right. It wasn't working well. Um, Kanu was not making use of the left flank very well. Eventually there was a switch. I really do not yes. know if it was it, if it was um, the decision of the players. Or if, if that was an instruction from um, Radio Wardrobe, I think it's just so far for me, he has worked um, to, to the strength of the, of the team so far and he has not played so many players out of position. I think that's one of the reasons why we have always um, um, give, give him, give, not given him some credit in some of the games we have seen, especially at the, at the WAF Fund. I mean, we're so bad, we're so bad at the WAF Fund. And, uh, and also, there was another mistake he saw. In the games, in the game against um, Canada, I think it was Christy Uchebe, Abiodun, and um, I can't remember the third midfielder that started that game. Payne did not start. Tony Payne did not start that game. He saw that loophole. There was the, the midfield was a bit porous. Even though, even though the Canadians, Tony Payne actually started that game. He did. Oh, Payne started the first game against the she Canadians. Start, yeah, she started. So. She, yeah, she did. She, she started. She did. Oh, she did. Okay, okay. She yes. did. I, I think the midfield was a bit porous. Uh, probably the, it, it was worked on, or probably the team got better because there was a certain and experienced um, Alima Swahili compared to a debutant in um, Debora Abiodun. So. The midfield was just a problem for me in the first game. And he corrected mm. the mistake. And I think coaching and football are results and correcting your mistake. And I think that's what he has done so far in the tournament. So I must give him that mm. credit, please. But guys, you've been speaking about being conservative from the first game and, and uh, then well, maybe a bit in the second game. I mean, if you look at the statistics for, from the last two games for Nigeria, 30% in ball possession. I mean, it simply shows that maybe that's the way he set out his team to go out or, you know, from the beginning, from the get-go. But now, in relation to the last game that we have against Ireland on Monday, how do you expect that it's going to line this team up to achieve a result? Listen, we need just a draw, but do you think you should go out playing for a draw or you know, go out and look for all three points and this time around not setting up conservatively to defend and you know, play a Rambo, quote-unquote, like some, uh, some people have talked about? I'm going to uh, uh, throw this question to Amara. I need you to answer that. How do you think you should line up against Ireland? Um, well, against North Island, I think Shamaka has been fantastic for us so far. But I think against Ireland, set-piece would be a huge problem for us. The way she comes out to claim crosses, the last goal um, considered, I think, um, by against Australia, the last game, yeah, she came out and then, and has done that like not once, twice, even the first and second game. So she has to be very careful against North Island. After all, um, Katie McCabe scored from from um, Olympiaco from a corner kick. But then generally, I think the nerves against Canada settled down, played so well against Australia, and then coming down to Northern Ireland, we just have to express ourselves. Same starting lineup, but probably don't give much set piece away. I'm not, Nigeria will never have 60% possession. I'm not going to say that under Aduardo. It's always probably the 20, 30. Against Australia, we had our chances and we 
got the goals. So the same thing against Thailand. Don't settle for your job because probably that will make us, um, I don't know, first thing first, we don't have to undermine that team. Probably, yes, they are out already, but they will probably want to drag another person out with them. And we don't want to start calculating, um, pressing calculators and knowing if this happens, that happens. So just from the get-go, will he still start Oshola from the bench? I don't know. But um, I pray Onumun to experience what she experienced in the last match because she didn't have any service at all. So um, she playing poorly is expected because she has to probably just, like someone said earlier, being useless, but she wasn't useless at least. She made us 11 players on the, on the field of play. Um, will he change the tactics? I don't know. But I want to see more of um, Jennifer Echegini. Not really seen much of her. She came in a um, few minutes, those bare minutes against Canada. And then yesterday, the same thing. So probably give um, other players opportunities to play at tournaments. Not too much changes though, but especially set pace. We just have to ensure we don't give that away too much. And uh, yeah, speaking of set pieces, is there any African team at the World Cup who is not going to get uh, beaten or uh, or who is not going to be at the message of uh, you know crosses and you know set pieces? I mean, because if you look at African teams so far, and the most of the goals they've considered as, as coming from set pieces, even Nigeria, we've always been known to defend poorly against set pieces. It's probably one tactics that all of the other teams are going to you know consider when they play against us, but. Um, I'm just yeah, saying like said, exactly. No, definitely, yes. Most we, we always we have bad defending it. But I think one good thing about one good thing about Randy and this World Cup is that we have actually been better. We're doing better mm-hmm. defensive wise, yes. But still I'm pointing out the set piece. I'm concerned about the goalkeeping position as Chamaka. If you can go back and watch um, the two games we played, she always say that she just uses one hand. I don't want to call the the year of my United, but that's just how it was. <laughs> Is that she uses one hand to punch it out, or probably just miss it entirely? And that was how the last goal came up. Even the first goal where they scored, she just probably as one time I saw she missed kick straight into the hands of the Australia yes. and one two touches and they scored. So I think just the same way in the first game against Canada, we're looking at what to it. I've been planning since um since the first kickoff of Australian game they had um. Person that scored the goal, um, Egmont, she's tall. Um, Kennedy has scored the goal, is also tall. But I'm surprised that they didn't really use it. They didn't use them aerially because Chamaka is always coming out. So I think against the Thailand, Randy has to tell her if you're coming out, ensure you're getting the ball at least. Um, doing something. And she got a good, she got a good percentage, percentage of those balls, don't you? See? I think she got a good percentage. Uh, yeah, she did. She did. She did. But, but then again. One thing about set pieces, if you fail to come claim them properly and the opponent probably drops down on anybody there, it's just a go for them. So it's either you're staying on your line, yes, you can probably do it again and stay on your line, or if you're coming out, ensure that you are getting across or at least foul, something like that, something that will make the referee um, go in your favor. So that's for me. But set piece has to be our problem. Against Ireland, uh, we have to express ourselves more, get the goals. Just as we did against Australia, but do better defensively. Okay, uh, Lucy, how do you think Wardham should attack that game against Ireland? I mean, should they go defensive as usual or try to? I mean, all we need is a point. And you know, sometimes those teams that have nothing to lose, they can really spoil your party. Yes, you're right. Absolutely. Ireland have nothing to lose. They're heading home, but um, I'm sure they would want to, you know put up one final fight to secure a point or even a win, who knows. But I would say that we shouldn't underestimate the Republic of Ireland. Like um, the previous speaker has um, said, um, set pieces, they are good at that. They have McCabe, who is strong with corners and even free kicks, as we've seen in this tournament and you watch her regularly. But I'll just say that don't underestimate them. Don't go defensive, please. We shouldn't go defensive because after this now is knockout stages, which you would have to really perform very well. So I would say we should just obviously put a strong enough team, but he can maybe include a few uh, players who haven't played yet and he may just want to try out before the knockout stages. But we should definitely be going for the win. We shouldn't even be trying to say, okay, let us at least draw something. I know a draw um, is still good, 
But I think we should just go for the win. That's what great teams that um, go find tournaments do. You make sure that you show up every game, no matter what it is, even if it feels like it's just easy for you to just, you know, go. Maybe you're going to protect your players, obviously. You're not going to put their bodies on the line. No one wants to get injured and all of that. But they should just play as if it's a regular game that they need maximum points from. That's what we want to see. We want to enjoy the football. We want to see us get three points. So nothing defensive. We should just go all out. We should be careful, though, because we should not underestimate them, obviously. But we should go all out and try to secure three points. That's what I think. Tola, are we ever going to enjoy, like really enjoy, a Super Falcons game where they are passing and, you know, doing like Ateta and, uh, and Pep Guardiola and Barcelona and what have you? Are we ever going to see that? Come again. I'm saying, are we ever going to see, enjoy a Super Falcons game in which they are passing the ball, knocking the ball around, playing like Manchester City, playing like Pep and what have you? Well, I think we can. We can, you know, like you said, playing like Barcelona, playing like Manchester City, the person that brought that apart from um what's the name of the the legend now the barcelona legend i've forgotten his name now we also know that Pep Croft. Also, yes apart from Croft, we also know that pep is synonymous with you know tiki taka and then like you said ateta who of course learns under pep so you can see that it is it has to do with the coaches it is the coaching system so if you're if you're going to if we're going to see the super falcons play that way then we have to get a coach that's going to make us play that way and bring in players that can play. But we had a Pep Guardiola of Africa for Super Eagles one time like that. Do you play like that? You said you had what? We had the Pep Guardiola of Africa one time like that as coach of the Super Eagles. Uduagan. Oh, oh okay. Um, <laughs> well, I, I really can't... I'm, I'm, I'm even talking about Sandy Olisa here because... I'm, I'm actually even talking oh, about okay, yeah, talking because about I remember, oh, yeah, okay. I remember um, um, what's the name of the former NFL president now? Imagine Phoenix saying that we got the Pep Guardiola of Africa, blah, blah. Oh, you know, it's going to, oh, and then uh, we didn't see, yeah, yeah. we didn't see uh, something well, like that with this good. Well, we never, we never really got to see that, you know, but I don't know. I think, like I said, it's the coaches, really. You have to bring in players to play to a particular, if it's like, if we if we get a um, a coach that plays um for say Mario's kind of football now packing the balls and all of that it's, we get the that's the football you will get you know but the important <laughs> thing is for some people it is football some people that is the result rather some people want to enjoy the football some people want the results some people want both so it depends on what we want and the coach will go for that determining what you see the play but even i think we there was a little bit of crisp passing yesterday i think i saw we were not just good day before yesterday i think i said a little bit of creeps passing and to be honest i have to say that my own player of the match was tony Payne because i think she was quite brilliant in midfield yesterday so yes ohale has always been solid and all of that but i think tony Payne was quite tony Payne was very brilliant in a lot of our attacking play yesterday. She took our pain away, right? Around and passed the ball, <laughs> yes. the ball around. So, <laughs> so there was a little bit of... Call us. She took our pain away, indeed. Okay, uh, let's talk about the other African teams now. Uh, before we you know, uh, just preview the, the groups and look at what the last couple of matches is going to be, be like and teams are probably making it through from what we are seeing. Uh, Zambia, effectively, they are out. Consider 10 goals, you know. I mean, it's quite disappointing because I kind of expected that they would maybe in a way, in a way, post a little bit of challenge because of how far they've come from the Olympics to the WAFCON. Uh, but it was quite disappointing. And um, I do find, do you, I mean, what, what do you think they'll probably be leaving this tournament with at this stage, at this point? Sorry, I did not hear your question. Can you come make, like repeat it again? I mean, I'm I'm, to- I'm talking about Zambia now. Uh, they're effectively out. Consider ten goals, and you know, it may be a bit disappointing, but not a, maybe not so much. Not so much because, of course, the debutants, the experience isn't there. 
Uh, but considering 10 goals and maybe the the fact that we had a bit of expectation for them uh, coming on the back of what they did at the Olympics and, you know, their journey through the WAFCON as well, what, what do you think they'll be taking away with them from this tournament? What, what? Ah, sorry, it's breaking. I mean, what do you think they will take away with them from being at the Women's World Cup? Um, okay. Uh, I think generally they should, you know, take it as, let's say, experience, I guess. And injuries has not been very kind on them. I mean, they've lost most of their first team regulars and their star players. And then their um, first choice goalkeeper injury. Well, mostly injury. Injury can... Injury can affect a team as well, can affect a team's mentality, the team's morale. But besides the injury, I think they should take it this as um, a stepping stone and they should, you know, move forward for the next World Cup coming 2027. Yeah, I think 2027, uh, they should go and regroup and, well, when they, they can come and win the WAFCON if they want, they can come and show that. <laughs> That thing they showed at the WAFCON again, that very wicked behavior they were showing at the WAFCON. <laughs> is it not, so, it's not their fault that you guys is not prepared before you played there? Is it their fault? <laughs> I don't even want to relieve our WAFCON experience at all. I don't want to. <laughs> okay, I, I'm gonna go. what, what do you think went wrong for Zambia here? I mean, maybe they should have done better or they could have done better. What went wrong for them apart from injuries? Um, I don't know. I expected, especially with firepower they had, I expected a whole lot. I wanted to see Banda, Kondonaji, those players, you know, at least a goal. Nothing. 10-0. Well, Japan, Spain have the easy side to beat. They are very technical on those two sides. And I don't know. The moment they let in the first goal, all, all hell went loose and then they started getting more. I think against Japan, probably would have been worse than that. But I think for me generally, they should chin up. Nigeria took four against Germany. Um, is it um, 1991? And ever since then, we still came back to every World Cup till it's almost ninth time. So they are building something good on their own side. They just have to go back and get back to the drawing board, see what went wrong, especially defensive-wise. They shouldn't be letting that number of goals. Nigeria considered 63 in the World Cup, and I'm not sure we considered 10 in the first two games in, in the, the World Cup. World Cup. Mm-hmm. Yes, we did not. So um, I think they'll go back and look at what went wrong, um, pick up more players. So now to the next World Cup, so more stars will come up, and then they'll probably get one or two more stars to come in and support them. For the AFCOM, they, they might even pull a surprise. They showed us Pepe last time, but for now, I'm not seeing any, even South Africa say, the next AFCOM, Nigeria is claiming back what we lost. So, As in, I Zambia, feel like the next three will have come back to back to back on this. Definitely. But for Zambia, I had reform. high hopes. I had high hopes, especially the attackers they got. But didn't even see any. But speaking of high hopes, I had, I'm had. i having high hopes against England, and so far they've been disappointing. So I can understand Zambia's own. Mm-hmm. Okay, and uh, to talk about South Africa here, Lucy, I woke up this morning to see that they were leading two goals to new <laughs> only for them. And I don't know where the anger came from. I was so disappointed in Destiny Ellis because I wondered where was game management when you were just like five minutes to the end. You could wow, have just helped yeah. to it. I mean, throwing the kitchen sink, block everywhere, blockable. And it was so disappointing, honestly. Yes, I agree, actually. I, I, I saw that scoreline too, and then I, I, I've not seen the highlights or the full thing, but. I went to check immediately and saw they were leading 2-0. I mean, 2-0. But I think that's the difference between a team that is just making their second appearance at the World Cup and, um, you know, one that has had, like, at least a couple of appearances at the world stage. And we saw, or at least I saw Argentina against Italy. um, The goal that came in was, I think, in the 90th minute or so. They really did try. Um, against Italy could have at least gotten a point out of that game. So they are not just anyhow team. But I think South Africa, the problem is maybe experience. They don't understand that when you have that kind of um, 2-0 cushion, 
you should try as much as possible to just keep that. Even if you have to pack the bus, like what Mourinho used to do, just pack it, throw away the key inside gutter, and make sure that nobody ever, they can't even get a goal or a shot on target. That's what you have to do. And I think the goals were in quick succession, like I think 78th minute and 74th minute. So I really don't know what would have happened. I think maybe after one goal, there was a breakdown and they didn't just know how to like reorganize themselves. But honestly, I'm sure if I see the game or see the highlights, I'll see that South Africa played decently. The only thing is that um, maybe the lack of experience. Their coach is very wonderful. Honestly, what she has done with the team in the past few years has been amazing. They have um, decent players. But I just think it just has to come down to knowing how to you know, secure a win when the chips are down. So when you're against a team like Argentina, who who are struggling, they've just lost against Italy and it was a painful loss. I'm sure they wanted to come into this game and get at least a point and then they couldn't. You should, you know, try to know that, okay, let's be mature enough. Let's see what we can do to repel any pressure from them and even maybe hit them on the counter and get a third goal if possible. But like I said, I've not seen the game. I'll check out and see what went wrong. It was was surprising. I was... uh, it was exciting mm. to see South Africa at this World Cup. I'm still happy that they had the points, yeah, but it could have been a win, so it's painful. Yeah, I mean, I mean, for a team that we're close to snatching the victory against Sweden, I mean, three points there would have exactly. put them in a very good position going into the last game of that. So yes, I understand. Honestly, yeah. I don't know what went wrong with Destiny Ellis. I rate her highly, and, you know, I expected so much yeah. better. But of course, it's a learning curve for her as well. Um, mm-hmm. Ruth, let's talk about uh, before we take a look at you know the last group matches and you know. Uh, what to expect from them and who's probably going to make it out of that group. I want to talk about the teams that are looking like the early favorites right now. I mean, very impressive. You can talk about them as, okay, you are seeing them in, say, the semi-finals. Um, I don't want to say quarter-finals, but maybe semi-finals. Yeah, the impressive teams now. I mean, which teams are you looking at now? I think she just dropped out. Oh, who's just dropped Yes. Okay, uh, Shala, can you take the question then? So, what teams have been impressive so far? Which ones have been disappointing? And, uh, well, I mean, which ones probably still disappoint us more? <laughs> okay, so, uh, impressive, I would say Spain. Spain have been impressive. Japan have been impressive. Those two teams have been very, very good. You know, um, disappointing. I know people, well, I don't think people will be surprised if I say that, but I think England have been disappointing. Really? Yes. How? How? They're not... top of their group. They have six points. Yeah, yeah. But they could, they can do better. They can do better. And I, I, and this one now, I will not put it, I won't, I won't put it to the players. I think I'll put it on... Um, Serena's desk because Elatun and then the obsession with Alessia Russo is going to be a problem for them if they are not careful. I mean, see today, because Russo must play, Rachel Daly was played at left back. Because you want Russo to play by far by force, you played a proper third, top nine striker. Rachel, that, of course, we know she can also play left back. So she played her at left back instead. Alessia Russo played and ghosted all through. She didn't have any shots on targets. Even Lauren James, winger, had three shots on targets. Um, Bethany England, was, I mean, at some point, she had to bring on Bethany England, who is a better striker than Russo. Russo should be third choice behind Dali and Beth England. But I don't know this obsession with Alessia Russo that is affecting them in attack and also with Elatun. Elatun is also ghosting through game for England. They are number 10. So you can see that that's why they are not really creating much because the number 10 is ghosting through game. And then in the first game now, because um, Elatun played, of course, Lauren James started from the bench. So there wasn't much creativity. She and Russo, as usual, ghosted. Then today, James came in. Lauren Hemp dropped to the bench for James. Then Elatun 
played that match. Instead of, I expected that coming into this match, James will play 10. And then you have Chloe Kelly and Lauren Hemp, your two dangerous um, wingers. But instead, she took, because, okay, she needs to accommodate, she needs to bring in Lauren James, took her to the wings, benched a dangerous Lauren Hemp, Hemp just to accommodate a Latoon. So, you know, all of this, and now they've lost Kara. Um, Kara Wait, Shola, Shola. It's like, yeah. Shola, it sorry. like it's going to be a bad injury. I just hope, and even, um, what's the name? They are captain, Millie Bright at the back. I'm a Chelsea fan. I, I know Millie Bright. You're a Chelsea fan. That's the reason why all this is coming out. No, wait, wait, wait. I know Millie Bright very well. She has been off pace. She's been injured since like March, April. So she didn't even finish the season actively with Chelsea, so to speak, actively. So she has been a little bit off the pace. It, today, I, I think I counted like two or three mistakes she made. At some point, it was um Greenwood and Lucy Bronze who came to misplace passes at the heart of the midfield and they play a high line you know so she's been up so all of that so I don't think uh, to be honest I'm reconsidering my prediction on England going far <laughs> but let's look at the third game let's just see let's look at the third game and see how they are going to fail so that's just an See, then you can come and eat my. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah, let me, let me, let me, let me say something. Let me say something. Can I? Can I quickly say something? Yeah, yes. Go on, go on, go on, go on. Yes. Um, for Shola, one thing about Serena is that um, um, one of her biggest strengths is she knows who she wants to start all the time. She yes. did that in Netherlands, and at some point it will cost her because those starting levels, injuries and fatigue will definitely play part. Um, Russo and um. A Latoon that you're hammering on. Yes, um, Russo is no longer a Man United fan. But as a Chelsea fan, I just knew that somehow, somehow, he's probably a Chelsea fan. So, yes. But. Does Rachel Daly play for Chelsea? Does Ben. No, wait, chill, chill. Where did she play? Wait, <laughs> in Euros at England won. Where did Daly play? Left back. I understand, yes, that she's a fantastic striker and she should be starting. But England generally. I think the last time England had a good game should be far back um, the final cinema against um, Brazil. There are friendly matches, if you follow them to the friendly matches down to the you should know that yes, they have problems scoring goals of late. I don't know where Italian from, I don't know what the issue is, but they didn't address it in the friendly match and it's also telling now in the World Cup. It's not just a um, singling out the players. Yes, Russo hasn't done so well and Elatino hasn't done so well. Yeah, but but Everybody at least play the best legs. Then we'll know that, okay, That's this the is problem not... with Serena. She don't change. Something, uh-huh. has to, something has to push her to change. I'm surprised she didn't change. <laughs> I started um, um, James today. Someone about Serena, I mean, that same thing happened in Netherlands. They won uh, the Euros. She played that same pattern till they got to the final of the World Cup last, last World Cup. And then these same issues started coming up, and then they started dropping off before she left the team. So it's something that she, as a coach, has to change for herself. You should always want to try um, new players in whenever the other ones that are playing there are not doing so well. Probably Elatuna and Russo did so well from the bench at the Euros. Should be a step for her to see. But who will fill in the gap? We don't know. They've lost Kira Walsh now. I don't know yeah. if she's going to start continuing the match, but it will be a big miss for them. They also um, lost um, Williamson, and I think all those injuries is one of the reasons why Serena Williams is somehow struggling. She's as struggling as a coach, and the team itself is struggling, not just each um, individual players, the entire team. The good thing for them is that they are not conceding goals, and they are right now at least 1 0 win so far. But it will okay. not take them too far. For my okay. best team so far in the tournament, definitely Germany, yeah. um, Spain, oh. and Japan. These three teams are showing that they are yeah, I forgot Italy them. themselves. Italy, the first match, they won one, just one zero, but they showed I watched the game and they showed that yes, that they they are here for something big. Um Norway, I don't know why I still had high hopes for them, especially the way they went out in the Euros. But I still had high hopes coming into the World Cup. And then as usual, they felt for my hands. My hands and my legs were falling down. No goals, no goals so far from the attacking power. Like you see, um, Guru writing, Graham, Idaika, but you have Fridamanu, all these players, and all of them, not even one goal from any of those players. It's going to be a sad one for them. They just have one more game to play. I don't know. Hopefully, they score before leaving because they're already out. 
Yeah, so okay. hopefully it's come before leaving. And then, of okay. course, um, they have England. a chance of staying, you know, if they win the final game. They have I, don't, I, don't, I don't even see them winning the final game. They have to first one score. <laughs> Nigeria, I think Nigeria, Super, Super Falcons have surprised me by scoring three. Nigeria can score three. In a single Who are game, you? Yeah. What way? You should be scoring more than <laughs> I agree. No way has been really disappointing, honestly. It looks like they are living on past glory and what have you. Everybody, of course, has not been in the best form. Guys, we are running up, but um, I wanted us to go through each group and look at uh, what to expect was the last matches and see who Sorry. we through right now. Uh, can I say something? Okay, go ahead. Um, Shola mentioned something about James playing oh, as a ten. Wait now, bless <laughs> Allow me, me first. Oh yeah, something as um, James playing as a ten, but. When has James played as a 10 in your club and the play like the game has ever gone well or even flowed well? Even in the what game? I think in the Barcelona game, right? Uh, or in the, champion, in the Champions League, I think Barcelona or Lions women, she played as a 10 and whoa, we saw how that went. So James playing as a 10, it's... It's not like she is not a fantastic or a technical player, but I doubt she can play as a 10 because she doesn't know when to release the ball. She doesn't know. She plays like she is the only person in the field. She's not playing like, okay, she knows, um, you know, they say when you're playing in a team game, you have to know how your, how your teammates think. You have to know the movement of your teammates. But for her, she's playing like she is a clone of 11 in the team and voila. as a form oh, i don't think that is let's let's round up let's round up let's let's round up so let's see let's see how group a group a now we have switzerland new zealand okay, philippines let's and norway let's, let's round up network let's just run up baby oh, okay uh i wanted to talk about the last round of match should we leave that Okay, so uh, guys, the last matches, last round of matches in the groups. Um, uh, I'm looking at, I'm, I'm trying to pull out the pictures real quick here. In uh, Group A, so Switzerland, New Zealand, Philippines, and Norway. Are we still on New Zealand making it through, or do you think Philippines can pull something? Which two teams are making that of that group? Can anyone take a bite on that? Well, that group is very open, and I don't know. Can really say who, like you said, no way. Probably, if they can get their act right in the last game, they might surprise us. But not seeing anything surprising from them anymore. So I just not look, looking at their angle anymore. Probably any other, any other side from the Okay, country. and then in Group B, Nigeria, Australia, uh, Ireland, Canada. Of course, Nigeria took of that group. Any chances that we will not do the need to to get the required point that gets us? Nah, Unless they want me to send them packing from there. <laughs> uh, I think we would definitely get needed points. Even if it's just one point, I definitely think we are making it out of this group. Canada-Australia is going to be a match to watch uh, because it's going to be fire for fire. Both of them Don't want them to out. get um, through. So, I don't know. It's going to be very well when we play all those games. But I think Nigeria has secured um, knockout stages football. It's just to see who else is joining us. Okay, uh, we have Japan and Spain. There are just some round three games. Costa Rica is taking on Zambia, Canada against Australia, Ireland against Nigeria, Vietnam against New Zealand, Portugal, USA. That group is also another group that is very, very tough today. Uh, USA, Netherlands, Portugal, and Vietnam. Uh, I mean, any surprises between uh, Netherlands and USA? Maybe not exactly. Or may alone that one. We already know USA and Port and Netherlands have fight. That's making yeah. true. Yes. And this other group that I think we should keep our eye on. This is group D. China, England, IT, and Denmark. Whoever gets to I mean, if we top our group, we are playing the second place team in that. At the moment, England top, Denmark are second. Denmark are taking on 80. I don't expect them to lose anyway, but China and England should be serious business. China yeah, is all these Asian teams are very technical teams. They don't they lack physicality. For the physicality they lack, they make up for it in their technicality. So this England and China game is really it's going to be like 
a game to watch i think because england are struggling in china well they are probably going to come all out against england with the way england are struggling so it depends on the changes serena make on that, in that game okay so maybe it's even china that will go ahead of denmark so nah. it depends now either denmark or china one of them one is of going them join England. Okay. Uh the next group we have Argentina, Sweden, South Africa. South Africa is looking on Italy. It's a must win game for them. And um Argentina as well is a must win game as if they are going to put themselves in conversation around, you know, getting to qualify for that group. It's gonna to be tough for South Africa. Honestly. That's why I wish that they had won the game today and you know put every other thing to rest. But let's see how it goes for them. We have Jamaica and Brazil, Panama and France. South Korea and Germany, Morocco and Colombia. I think it's a beat for Morocco. Or anyone else think Morocco can get a point from this? No. Um, I think um, the only country from Africa is going to go to the next round is Nigeria. There are three teams right now. South Africa is a 60 40. 60, they go out 40 every man. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so our prediction Nigeria and Ireland, score lines. Guys, this is the final thing we are doing. This is Nigeria, Ireland, Wait, 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 wait. Let's take it clearly. We'll draw our graphics again. Lucy, Nigeria versus Ireland. Score line. 3 0. 3 0 to Nigeria, yes? Yes. Yeah, just wanted to know I got that very well. Amara, Nigeria, Ireland. 2 1, Nigeria. 2-1 Nigeria, this one, Nigeria Island. 2-2. Two, 2-2. Two. Two, two. Shola? <laughs> you will not escape this one, Shola? 2-0 um, Nigeria. Okay, and my prediction, 2-1 Nigeria against Ireland. We'll come back here to review that again when we return to the pod. But this is where we have to, you know, hang our boots today and, you know, leave. We'll be back here again for the next edition of your Sports Move podcast, taking through uh, what's going on with the Power Women's World Cup right there in Australia and New Zealand. And uh, shout out to Lucy, shout out to Amara, Dufan, and Shola as well. I am blessing. Catch you next time. Au revoir. Au revoir. Bye, you.